0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, um, the idea of work isn't quite the same as it was a few years ago, is it? Uh, I guess not. Things have kind of changed a little, a little bit. bit. That, oh, you, because of that pandemic thing that, that happened? You mean the thing that this should not be named? <laughs> like- that
1: goes unnamed from Vol- now on. Voldemort, yes. the pandemic. Yeah, or whatever,
0: right. <laughs> as we've started referring to it. And obviously, things are likely never to be quite the same again when yes. it comes to this labor is true. and work and all yeah. that. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're going to explore today. We're going to dive into yep. a little bit of the, in particular, the labor crisis. Because mm. we've mm-hmm. heard a lot, a lot about this in a lot of different mm-hmm. industries. A lot mm-hmm. of people that are dealing with trying to figure out like, hey, you know, we 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 know people. You know, we need people to work, but they don't yep. want to work these jobs. Yep. We're struggling with getting mm-hmm. enough people in, enough mm-hmm. staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you a little a little analogy. My wife and I were just on a little weekend trip over mm-hmm. the last weekend, mm-hmm. and we stopped off one morning for a breakfast buffet, and they mm-hmm. had a sign up there that basically said. You know, uh, we're a little bit understaffed right mm. now. Please be kind to the people that actually chose to show up for work today. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> yes. Like, that's I it. think that's where we're all that's at. It's a positive attitude. Things, right? I, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Be, be kind. Rick Extra yet. tip
1: to those that show up.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So we have we have West Kelly Wood on with us today. Mm-hmm. She's going to help us talk a little bit about why industries are struggling despite, you know, some job numbers are improving. We'll talk right. a little bit about that. Yep. Yep. And we'll talk about what's changing worker expectations right mm-hmm. now. Is the generational divide playing mm-hmm. a part in this? And also, maybe she'll help us do a little prognosticating and think about what's might what might be coming in the future. I use one of my ten dollar words. That's a ten dollar word for sure. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. All that plus our usual value to the VAR and what's tech connecting with us. It's time to plug in and get connected.
2: Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected.
0: I mentioned today our guest is Kelly Wood. She is the Senior Global Customer Marketing Manager for Honeywell. Yep. Uh, Kelly, thanks so much for joining us on the show. We appreciate having you today. Tell us a little bit more about your day-to-day role at Honeywell and, and, and what you've been up to maybe over the last couple of years yourself.
2: All right. Well, guys, thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Uh, So I'm part of the productivity services and solutions team at Honeywell. And as you mentioned, I'm in customer marketing and I focus primarily on the distribution center and warehouse space. What does that mean? What do I do? Well, one of the key things in my job is really to do a deep dive and focusing on what is happening in our industry. What are the pain points? What are those business challenges? that operators are dealing with face-to-face and and helping identify solutions and working with our internal team to come up with some solutions for that. Um, And what I love about our business and any business is that there's no one answer for anything because everybody's situation is so unique, whether it's the building, location, the staff, the industry, whatever it is. So there is never a boring day at my job. Always opportunity for something else.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I cool. like the attitude of there's never one answer or one solution. But it should be kind of a motto for our reseller channel in general. Yes. Like, right? Yeah, we, we preach that all the time. There's no, there's not typically one, one solution that works in every single mm-hmm. situation. That's You got to be a little this flexible there. Well, so. yeah. So yeah. I like that That's attitude. what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah, Inflexible. exactly. And I think well, also, you don't obviously.
2: really want the solution either. Nobody wants the same thing that everybody else has. Exactly. That's
0: right. Yeah. That's right.
2: Exactly. It's like, how do you make it right for me? How do you make whatever you're selling? perfect for me. That's right.
0: Yeah, we're not a one-size-fits-all society No. Anymore. Well, I'm glad you also mentioned that you do a lot of work, like, on the distribution, mm-hmm. warehousing, supply chain side, because I feel like that's obviously one place where this labor crisis is really impacted, maybe for sure. Maybe more than almost any other type of industry. Yep. So let's, let's get into this a little bit, and let's talk about, first of all, you know, job reports. And, you know, the last few months, the job reports have actually been pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, July, in particular, was a huge month. We got basically, mm-hmm. I think, back to where we were at pre-pandemic levels. Mm-hmm. The last couple of months maybe haven't been quite as much growth as it was expected, but still mm-hmm steady good growth. so mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of good growth when it comes to jobs, lowering unemployment rates, but we still know that labor is an issue in a lot of industries though. So you know what are you seeing and what types of businesses in particular maybe in the in the distribution supply chain side or elsewhere that are still struggling right now? What's going on out there Kelly?
2: Well from what I'm seeing and, and my research as well, um, it, it looks like there's still two industries that are struggling the most. one our warehouse and distribution. And the second one is the hospitality and leisure industry. They're still struggling. And you just mentioned it, John, in your opening, like that you went to a restaurant the other day and it was please be kind. I mean, that's more the norm than not right now of uh, seeing some kind of sign or even going into a convenience store and seeing on the self-serve order, sorry, supply chain issues, don't have your products. So I think that, you know, that's the the two locations that I'm seeing. Um, I know that, you know, a lot of companies, there has been some cautious hiring now with things that are going on with the economy. And, you know, so there's maybe a little bit of a dip in there, but I didn't even realize I was really kind of to think when I was thinking about this and have been over, I guess, the past two years or so, just looking at how the business has changed. And we talk about why are we still struggling? Now, I'm not saying that this is the end all be all answer, right? But we have a lot more jobs in this industry than we ever had before especially when we had people that were opening up distribution centers closer to, to be able to serve the customers faster. We have more diverse type of delivery methods that are being implemented from drivers needed to go from distribution to store, to people getting from the store to door for the customers. There's just a lot of switches, even our grocery stores. You think about them, they've become mini dinner distribution centers where orders are being picked for customers. So. There's just more types of jobs that we have, and we don't have the people to necessarily do it. We've had a lot of attrition through that, which not should be named. Uh, Through COVID, we had people that have retired. We unfortunately lost people to COVID. And so we're having to attract a brand new workforce to want to come into an industry that hasn't always had a nice, shiny spotlight on it.
1: Yeah. And when point. you look at the macro, you know, of, of, of what's going on or what has been going on, I'll give you a little bit because I got the U.S. Chamber uh, site opened up here. Really kind of fascinating to look mm-hmm. at the overall what happened mm-hmm. during during the pandemic. You know, you saw that uh, occur, but I'll give you this overall in, t- in 2021. So going back a year, employers ended up adding an unprecedented 3.8 million jo- jobs. So, right? I mean, there was that huge dip during the pandemic. Kind of, kind of made it back up. But here's interesting. But at the same time, millions of Americans left. The labor force since uh, the pandemic. In fact, we have more than three million fewer Americans participating in the labor force today compared to February of 2020. So, I mean, when you think about that, if you, so, okay, so we buoyed the ship, but then you've got three million
0: less workers.
1: That's going to manifest itself in a lot of different areas, right? I mean, hospitality, retail, clearly one of them, warehousing, clearly an area too, but really, really fascinating. I think we'll get into some of the whys, but but when you look at that aggregate number. Man, that's just really compelling, yeah, right? Definitely you know?
0: is. Well, I think both you know these industries we're talking about here are ones <clears> that, <throat> that even pre-pandemic we were we were doing a lot of asking them to do more with less. Yeah, there was a lot of like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, faster you know, right. harder work, mm-hmm. more work. We as consumers want everything fast and quick and easy. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was happening long before the pandemic anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there was already that kind of compounding issue happening. And then suddenly on top of it, then you have again, yeah, a lot fewer people either in the workforce mm-hmm. doing these particular jobs or want to be in these particular jobs. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bit of a recipe for disaster there. And that's right. And I think that's what's making it so much harder to level that that playing field mm-hmm. for some of these industries, even when things are bouncing back and we're, you know, in a sense of somewhat normalcy you know, by comparison to where we were two years ago, for sure. But it's
1: going to be interesting to see because, Kelly, as you pointed out on the warehousing side, I agree with you. You know, there was obviously during the height of the pandemic, there was so much around warehousing, last mile logistics, you know, getting stuff delivered. but. You're starting to see the data. That's starting to cool off a little bit, and people are going back to retail, back to some traditional brick-and-mortar, as we have talked about. So what impact is that going to have? You know, those warehousing jobs that were out there, there's still – you can't find warehousing space right now. So let's just put that on the table, right? (laughs) You cannot – if you are a warehouse operator on the West Coast somewhere and you don't – and you have space, that's an anomaly (laughs) because there's all the warehouses. You're missing out on a lot of money, for one thing. Yeah, everything from, like, Vegas West is – like. Packed with, right, with right. whatever kind of the thing, so you know, but but clearly that's going to have to shift, right? Because that's not that's not sustainable. You right. can't have where we're at with warehousing capacity. So it'll be really interesting to see, yeah. you know, this pendulum that
0: swings normally in the ebb and flow of business. Right, right. To me, it's like it's happening a lot faster. Yeah, it's pretty chaotic right now. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. All right. Well, then, Kelly, let's get into some of the whys here. Let's talk about where we are. And obviously, this can be a very subjective topic as far as like, you know, Mm -hmm. why people are aren't working certain jobs or why they dropped out of the workforce, et cetera. But you know, but let's get into the the you know the, obviously the pandemic had a lot to do with that. But let's let's talk about you know the beyond the obvious layoffs. Like okay, people got laid off again. Like I said, we've rebounded a lot from that. But you know, to your point, Dean, mm-hmm. you've had over what did you say three point eight million something yeah, like that, yeah. like people that have just flat out dropped out of the workforce mm-hmm. and just aren't working at all. So how has the past couple of years re- redefined the worker and redefined their expectations about jobs and maybe why they are declining to just be part of the workforce or staying away from certain types of jobs? What are you seeing out there as far as expectations go?
2: That's like a loaded question there. All right. So I think there's a couple of things. One, you know, when you were part, when we were all in the lockdown situation, there there was an opportunity for people to reassess what actually was important and what's not important. I, I know I personally was furloughed from my prior employer because of, and I found that I did not have a huge financial impact on the fact that that happened because all of a sudden the the conveniences, the things that I thought I needed and, and those sorts of things were not, the gas wasn't getting put in the car twice a week, the taking out due to convenience wasn't necessary. You know, there were a lot of things that kind of bounced out. So there might've been a level setting of, hey, we might be able to save money by having either, you know, it's a family or something like that, or rethinking about how to do it. Another thing is if you look at across industries, wages have certainly become competitive. I mean, there is a fast casual burger place offering $18 an hour with a $500 signing bonus. Well, let me see. Do I want to go work an eight-hour shift flipping burgers or lifting 50-pound cases? What, you know, where is that? And even when you're looking at, I think that the warehousing and travel and leisure kind of have you pulling from a similar... um select a pop of the workforce. You're pulling in from the same sort of the workforce of looking at what is the value and what am I getting? Even those restaurants and and businesses are starting to add additional benefits to come and work with them where it wasn't before, uh, where benefits are now like healthcare and things like that are now being offered or paid days off are being offered. So it's become a little bit more competitive that way as well. And then the world has changed. People have gotten really innovative. I mean, one of my favorite statistics that I use is like in simply two years, the majority of the population, global population is going to be made up of millennials. That is a different type of generation that uses technology, that uses, um, that are entrepreneurial, that sort of thing. So people really got creative during that time. Now, is that sustainable? don't know. I think that the next probably six months or so or next six to 12 months are going to be really interesting. Again, as you said, John, looking at how things normalize to see where business goes back to. I mean, look at what some of the big department stores are doing right now. They brought in so much inventory and now they're doing mad clearance sales just to do it because it was instead of just in time, it was just in case and now they're paying for it.
1: I'll throw on the table some some interesting statistics you know when you get into the why right, right. why are we here Uh, And we all heard about, you know, some of the subsidies that were happening, the enhanced unemployment benefits that were happening through 2021 as a reason why, you know, so many people didn't get back into the labor force. But a a chamber survey survey recently cited that 28 percent of women cited others in the family making enough money that working full time is not as critical as a reason they uh, reason and they have not reentered the workforce Mm -hmm. because of that. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you have 30 percent of women saying that or 17 percent of men said the exact same thing, by the way. So uh, you know, higher incomes and and, and and those types of earning houses are, aren't seeing the need to get back And So you have that's contributing to that gap, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about early retirements. Yes, you're right on the on the millennial Gen Z side, but also let's not forget about all those baby boomers that right. are right. retiring, getting out, wanting to get out. Those types of things is having a dramatic effect. You and I are sandwiched in the middle. We're just <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. We're, yeah. We don't know if we're ever gonna <laughs> retire. Let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, lack of access to childcare, right? Because yeah. during the pandemic, I mean that that's a big one. That, right, yeah. right Kelly? I mean
2: Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I mean, I'm fortunate I my I have two teenagers now, so childcare isn't an issue, but when I had to put them in daycare, I was looking at $1,000 a week. That's a lot of money, and whenever you again, you do it almost because it's a habit, right? I'm working, I have to do it. So we've gotten we gotten before the pandemic into this just keep moving forward as we always do not taking that step back. Well, it forced a lot of people to take a step back and make changes.
1: I'll throw one more out there. New business starts. This is a good one, right? So the entrepreneurial spirit has not gone away uh, during the pandemic. And in fact, in the last two years, nearly 10 million new business applicants were filed. So that's a lot of new business. And those are people that were maybe employed somewhere else, uh, typically not showing up in the unemployment reels, but because they're business owners now, you know, and that gets into that whole kind of maybe shift or a lot of that went over to some or some of it went over to the entrepreneurial spirit. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and you
2: looking at companies like Amazon and places like that make it very easy for fulfillment of those types of businesses. It made it very simple. I mean, I'm in marketing, guys. I like advertising used to be the, the way you go. You work with an agency, you place ads, you do that. That's not the case anymore. You need influencers, you got to get someone to go talk about your product on TikTok. And next thing you know, they're selling out brands. Yeah, yep. they're selling them out, and it's like causing disruption in the supply chain. You can't get the product; they don't have enough of whatever they need components to make the things. Yep. Isn't that
1: crazy? Exactly. Yeah, that's just a, it's a, it's a different world. Right oh, there. it is. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's again a world we've kind of aged out of a little bit. But, but yeah, you know. I'm I i do not know that I'm influenced by an influencer. <laughs> maybe I am. I don't might, know. Yeah, you know, but, I'm not I'm not going out there buying. Well, them. the influencers aren't aiming for us. We're not no, the target not. demographic <laughs> at this point either. One hundred percent not. You might
2: know be influenced. You don't even know it. That's 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 when you have a good influence influencer.
0: That's right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. For sure. For sure. Kelly, you made a great point. I think there a moment ago too, about the idea of the things we do out of habit. You know, we paid for childcare out of habit. We, you know, didn't spend as much time with our families out of habit. We Mm -hmm. ate out more out of habit, you know, because of it's, it's the learned habit that we had because, you know, and we've talked about this on the show before, you know, we've, we, we've kind of been trained to evolve our lives around work in a way. And I think the idea of work-life balance changed quite a bit. And again, we've yep. had a few episodes about this along the way too. For sure. Changed a lot over the last few mm-hmm. years. And a lot of folks when, you know, whether it was because their working situation changed where they weren't working anymore or they, you know, Had time to reevaluate, you know, and realize like, hey, I kind of like being home with my family and Mm -hmm. seeing my kids more than a couple hours a day, you know, Mm -hmm. and spending time doing things that I enjoy and having, you know, more more leisure time or, you know, the folks that got to start working from home, hey, I I enjoy the two hours I'm no longer wasting commuting anymore or something like that. So I think a lot hashtag of that hashtag stuff, #quit talk that that's yeah. the, that's the, the hashtag talk, apparently yeah,
1: yeah. that went viral right about people quitting their jobs yeah. because they wanted more free time, better opportunities. Exactly, yeah. that's right. that's
0: I think that's a big part of it too. Is you know again like we're we've broken a little bit of the the attitude and the cycle of you know live to work and turning a little more into the, to the work to live side mm-hmm. like okay I know mm-hmm. I need to have a job mm-hmm. to do the things that I want to do mm-hmm. but can I look for the kind of job that lets me have the flexibility mm-hmm. to do the things right. that I want to do yeah, 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 yeah. and I think there's a, you know there's a, a a big that divide kind of started growing a bit more and people started peeking a little more behind the curtain and realizing man things could be different the official
1: word or phrase that what you're looking for is the great reshuffle so yes. it was the great resignation now it's the great reshuffle for a fold just to give you a stat, 4.4 4, 4. 4 million people quit their jobs in May of 2022 alone, wow. right? So there's reshuffling going on. Yeah. And I don't know that that equates into the warehouse worker or whatnot. That's just an aggregate number, but, right, right. but clearly that's going
2: on. Well, I think it could. And, and I think both to what you were just saying, you're, you're right. Things started mattering. So when you talk about what's important to people now, what they're looking for in a job, and even within the warehouse and D.C. space. That some of these expectations, especially from the incoming generator, well, the incoming, they're in there, right? So with the millennials, the Gen Zs, how many of you have had or you, purpose? I want a job that has purpose. I want to know what I'm doing and what's the impact it has, the impact it has on the community, the impact it has on my personal life, the impact it has on whatever this business is trying to accomplish. Tell me what I'm doing because purpose and joy are two things right now. And it's not everybody walking around, skipping around, being happy. It's just for the most part, people want to feel satisfied and happy with what they're doing. And they've realized again, during that downtime, the stress that they had doing things that weren't productive or giving them.
0: Was it worth it? Definitely. That's true. Yeah. Well, then let's get a little further into all the generational divide here. And we had an episode back in our first year about the generational divide in yes. the workplace and how that was affecting the way yes. people work together. When you had boomers all the way yep. down to Gen Z, you yep. know, and, I hate to say we're probably not too far away from Gen Alpha entering the, the workforce. You know, like, I'm yeah. <laughs> not sure how, how far they, they are. No. My son's already saying he wants to be a teenager. He heard about one of his teenage cousins <laughs> getting a job, and he's just like, I want to get a job. I'm like, that would be awesome, but you got a little while to wait. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, let's talk about that. When you, when you, you know, these workforces coming together, and again, you've got an older workforce that is mm-hmm. you know, slowly starting to retire. Mm-hmm. You've got the younger workforce that have different perspectives about work and certainly things have probably changed a lot for them over the last, you know, several years or even just the last decade in general. So, you know, what else is going on with the, the generational gap right now? How is that affecting this labor issue?
2: Well, this might sound crazy, but I think it's exciting times. I think out of disruption and chaos could come some really wonderful innovation and change. And let's face it, Our business has been pretty stagnant for a while, and there's a lot of businesses out there that are still doing old traditional methods with good old pen and paper and Excel sheets with maintaining inventory. But where we are with the millennials and with the Zs, when we're looking at it, now we have a group of people that have been born and raised on technology. They expect technology to be a part of what they're doing. And the technology is going to be something that is going to... Enhance performance, productivity, the business overall. There's going to be more openness and willingness to have that. Now, as for the older generation, the boomers and the X, and I'm an ex, so I'm allowed to call myself older too. You know, we have adopted. I mean, guys, think about it. We, the money, like you know, we only used to go to a bank, and now we have a Mac machine, and now we're walking around with a computer in our hand attached to us at all times, where we're shopping, we're banking, we're doing everything, communicating on it, right? Things that we never did 10 years ago. I think that there's a bigger acceptance for that type of technology, where there's the opportunity of the merging of the two is kind of doing that cross-mentorship. One, it's for the leadership of the teams to really, number one, extract and lean on the folks that have been in the industry for years to get all of that great information that they've acquired through the years. And second, it's the, you know, when we have bringing people into it, really tapping into their expertise. Yes, they could come in and they could do the jobs. They could pick, they could receive, they could do that sort of thing, but really leaning on them for process improvement and figuring out how they could look at things differently instead of how we always done it. So I think it's exciting times. It's not going to be easy, but I, I think it's a great opportunity and then if we even look at how we're going and stop me at any time, getting on little roll here, even if we look at just over the past two years, how tech- technology has evolved. I mean, a little over two years ago, robots were like, I don't know, maybe. And now that's part of people's plans on investing in them and bringing them in, not so much to replace people, but to augment the worker. So it's really exciting.
1: Yeah, and right there on that one, we've because we've talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, physical automation, especially in our space, is is. It's like, is it coming? You know, it's it's like this thing right, that right. everybody sees on the horizon. It's like it's gonna have an impact, right? right? And you're starting to see small impacts of, of that. But it, but it's it, you know. So automation, and then you have virtual automation, which is you know through data manipulation and things of that nature, and being able to automate processes and stuff like that through through those types of RPA's and things of mm-hmm. that nature. So you know, it's really it really really is fascinating to see some of that. Not not to mention the global trends of labor and how man manufacturing and other things have really yeah. kind of offshore to other areas and yeah. that all compounds it. But so, you know, then what I think about is the service industry, right? You hear a lot about, well, it's all service driven. You know, our, our economy is Flipped. It right, used to right. be labor. Now it's all services type. So when you think it, and when I when I interact with millennials and Gen Zs, it's mostly in the service industry, like software. Yep. Like they're all you know they're selling us on a SaaS or they're they're you know they're account reps on a on right, a software. Right. It's it's all service oriented type of a thing, right. and that's really really. Fa- well, at least, yeah, it's just my little world that I live in. Right, but uh, right. but really, really fascinating to see how that has impacted. So you're right, Kelly. I mean, there have been some some shifts. Shift isn't even a right word. Like some fractural changes in in, in some aspects of our society. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, let's be honest. This stuff is. It's always the game changer. You know, there's there's always a younger, newer generation. That sees the opportunity to take on new processes and new technology and new ideas. We did it when we were young, you know. Yeah. I'm sure when we, you know, these Gen like, Xers were young. Yeah, it was, it was you you know, just
1: like Industry 1.0 back when uh, yeah, the steam exactly. engine came around
0: <laughs> and it's like, oh, what is that thing? <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, this, one John my, Henry. One of my favorite gags for, uh, or stories like, and I, honestly, I learned about this from Star Trek 6 of all places, <laughs> <laughs> <It> is, <laughs> is the story of the, I, I can't remember, some, it was a Scandinavian country, I I can't remember which one it was. Basically, where a when in the uh, a new form of of weaving, I think, or whatever, or maybe it was the loom or whatever, was introduced in into manufacturing for clothing. Mm, Some of the workers right. revolted. They were yes. like, no, how dare you bring this thing in? You're trying to replace us, replace humans and our work. Sabotage or whatever. the
1: yeah. device. Okay. Yeah. You
0: know where that word sabotage came from? Oh? The shoes that the workers wore. They wore wooden shoes called sabot. And they Get threw out of their town. shoes into the machines to, to wreck them and <laughs> grind up the gears. And that was there. That's where sabotage. came I did not from. know yeah. that. Yeah, believe it not. I, that. Come on. Yeah, I learned. I learned that from Star Trek. So you know oh. who's who says. I that I just my, fed you right into that. Didn't you I? did. You totally did. Yeah. So that's that's where the term came from. <laughs> you would think but that that was scripted,
1: but that was not scripted. Yes. Right.
0: So you know, you know, the younger generations they aren't throwing their shoes into the gears of things right now necessarily, or the older folks. I <laughs> No, guess, but they're reacting. The right. It. Yeah. But, but it's the same kind of thing. This mm-hmm. happens time and again, generation after generation, mm-hmm. an older generation that sits there and goes, "We've always done it this way. We're always." Going going to do it this way. The younger generation goes, no, we're not. Sorry, because one day (laughs) you're not going to be here anymore. And it's going to be our us that are in charge. So we want to start doing it our way. And I think it's just where we are now. It's that same that 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 gap and that divides happening. And to your point and Kelly's point too, the, you know, the technology that's starting to enable these processes and make things easier and automation. Again, it's a whole gener, two generations that have essentially grown up with this stuff mm. in their hands at all times, mm. and even us, you know, we're very comfortable with this stuff. You know, we we remember the divide. You know, we mm. remember pre pre you know automation and technology to now, but you know, I don't think too many of us are looking at it either and saying like, no, we don't want to do this. So there's there's just no reason for you yep. know for that not right. to happen that and that progression to happen and I they're gonna push it forward eventually we're just gonna get pushed out of the way those of us that don't want it well it'll be services it. that just
1: push us out of the way well yeah, yeah. exactly
0: <laughs> yeah like it or not <laughs> and you know and I and I know that can be rough for some folks like you know sometimes like look at my mom for instance I feel bad for her you know mm. she's 71 and she's you know way behind on everything like she will she will never grasp the internet she will never be able to handle it we'll never take
1: an uber yeah exactly just
0: never and it's fine it's you know it's okay you know and like i help her out where i can with this stuff but you know (laughs) like it's just it it happens it's just the natural cycle things you keep up or eventually you're going to get left behind
2: another thing that we have to our advantage right now is what what came out of the pandemic is we got a nice shiny spotlight on supply chain Where before we were just like, you know, the behind the scenes, the dirty word, whatever, nobody really took to it. Now, even though there might be things that are disruptive and not pleasant with it, people are looking at it. People people understand it. I mean, I have a son right now looking to go to college and I could tell you several of the schools were pushing supply chain management and saying, this is a great opportunity. If you're going to go in for business, take this as your focus because the jobs are there. There is the opportunity for it. And so, I mean, that's an advantage for us, especially if you have people that are fixers. And that's one of the traits of millennials. They like to solve things. So that could work to our advantage too, of coming in and identifying new ways of doing things.
0: That's a great point though, because if you think about it, like, if you did one of those whole word cloud things about words and, and phrases that appeared in, you know, media and mm-hmm. discussions and print over the last mm-hmm. few years, you know, obviously COVID and pandemic would probably be at the top. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, probably in the top 10, something about, like, supply chain is mm-hmm. going to be in there somewhere, you know. Just, for sure. Just for the amount of, you know, to your point. Yeah. We just didn't, you, know, you didn't think about it. It was out there, but it was it, it did. It operated very much behind the scenes. You just knew that if you ordered something or needed something or somebody needed something, it got to them somehow. You know, there's probably a truck out on the road delivering it to them There's people that were putting it together, but you just mm-hmm. didn't think that hard about it. Mm-hmm. And now we're all hyper aware of it. And we're all very keen on understanding what it is, what's going on and how's it going to affect me if something's mm-hmm. wrong right yeah, now. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah.
2: The fact that I was at, and I mentioned a little bit earlier, whenever I went into a convenience store and it was a, you place your order, your own order and it had a piece of paper due to supply chain issues. We're out of prop, like out of so, so, um, a few products. When in the past would you ever see supply chain? It would just be out of stock, it would not have a reason. But like to see that written in a gas station due to supply chain issues, so it's 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 pretty it people's vocabulary today,
1: yeah. Some might be taking advantage of that a little bit, you know. It was actually the clerk who forgot to order it, but <laughs> exactly. we're just gonna chalk that up the supply chain,
0: yeah. On oh, there's still a gas fee, hastily you know, typed up pretty the- pretty message, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> great point. All right. Well, hey, let's wrap this up by talking about, you know, maybe the future a little bit. And, you know, so, Kelly, I'm curious from your point of view, do you see this crisis resolving anytime soon? Are we are we kind of looking at this labor crisis lasting for a while longer? Is there going to have to be some some big changes to make this change? And do you have any kind of other predictions for the you know, the future of, of labor and what workers and employees should expect and should be doing?
2: Um, I, I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier on, I think it's going to take a, a little yet for things to normalize. And I think that the dust is going to settle. And people are going to reassess. So from a warehouse DC perspective, you know, I think people were being ultra aggressive with investments and focusing on how am I going to, you know, in automation and looking at specific things they're going to do. And now that things are starting to cool off a little, it'll be interesting to see where investments, if it continues down the path of automation or if it looks, you know, if it cools off and it goes a different way. futuristically, again, I think that we have a lot of great things that are going to come as an output of this. It might be painful now, but I think that we are going to find some, we'll call it harmony, uh, of finding that right balance of being able to meet those customer needs and create a work environment that people want to be a part of, because it's not going to be just fully from the neck down. We're, you know People are going to evolve from, I just need you to come pick product, put it on the, conveyor belt or whatever it is, pick these orders, to people seeing a career path. Um, that's me looking into my crystal ball where I'm, I'm seeing it. So I think that it, we might have more of a draw and someone's going to come up with some really great technology of really making it easier. There's a lot of great stuff out there now. Whether it's for just you know equipping your workers that you have today to make them successful and make their job easier, to things that they're going to get to work
1: alongside labor is always going to be needed i don't i don't know (laughs) that that goes away you know whether and and if we're bringing some of that labor trying to bring it back you know obviously inflation is actually going to help that i know that sounds weird but but it will because you know the 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 overall uh salaries and and wages will will rise Mm -hmm. but uh which was the disproportionate thing that got kind of part of what got us in this in this uh situation to begin mm. with. So anyway, it will be interesting to see. I don't know. It's it is going to be fascinating to see how automation plays into it, where this all nets out, but you know, I'm hopeful as well. Uh, that that you'll see that because you know when you think about it and and how life used to be you know a labor was it was a great way of entering the workforce and then building skills and then moving right, on right. you know uh, beyond that and and so when you don't have a lot of that where is the shift going is it is it in the services where that's where you your breeding ground or you you know your um, your stepping stones are there I don't know it'll be interesting yeah. to see how it all kind of pans out but yeah, yeah. I agree definitely yeah. um, you know some
0: there's a lot of a lot of unknowns i think still in this entire quite conversation a <laughs> quite a to few quite a few next you know something else i was going to mention I, I, I meant to bring this up during you know our um, our talk about the generational divide too is i'm very curious because you know and kelly you mentioned this when you were talking about you know like supply chain management courses in colleges I'm very curious about how education is going to start evolving wrapped around this as well, because you know it needs to. Well, exactly, (laughs) because you're you're hearing a lot of stuff about you know obviously Uh students struggled quite a bit you know during the pandemic because everything happened there, and a lot of people are just like jobs. A lot of people are reevaluating schooling and education, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and we we also have you know an entire generation and the millennials and Gen Zs have started feeling this too who kind of got sold a bit of a bill of goods when it came to education of like, hey, let's you know put yourself into debt for potentially mm-hmm. 20 2030, maybe even most of your life, you mm-hmm. know uh, to to get an education and get a degree that all things considered may not have actually really been a big, right. really mattered. Yep. like yep. it may have been something that got you a job because mm-hmm. no one would interview you without it. Mm-hmm. but it didn't necessarily have anything to do with the skills that you really needed to do mm-hmm. that job well necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're I, checking you know, a box. Yeah, exactly. Oh, college, a- yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, and there's and there's always a lot of discussion around that and around education. You know, we've obviously had you know big sure. discussions lately about you know student debt forgiveness. And I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of people, a lot of younger folks that have to have to really think about what they're going to do in when when it's their time to decide: Do I go to college? Do I go to the workforce? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to go to college? Mm-hmm. What am I really getting out of it? Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious to see how that falls into it too, because I feel yep. like you know once we kind of sort out what the new the new normal of work looks like, Mm -hmm. I have a feeling there's going to be a huge impact that trickles down into education as well, because you can't just, again, that box checking, I don't think it's going to cut it for a lot of people. Give us, give us, you know, 80 grand to come to, to come to the school. So you can check a box and say, you got a degree that you will probably use if you're lucky, maybe 30% of what you learned ever again. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, John, that's going to change though, from employers, because, Degrees have become a check the box, too. That's a good point. You cannot apply if you do not have a four-year degree and you haven't made that investment. Yep. Right. So that that has to be an employer, a business-type focus. And, you know, there's colleges and universities. I've worked with them for 10 years, and I'll tell you, they've had a struggle back then, and it's even more so now, especially since if you have more people moving into the software, the technology type of industries, they can go online and get a certificate for... And six months, for you know, a quarter, if not less, and come out making more than they would, and be highly desirable. So, I think we should start right a point.
1: Tech Connect vocational school.
2: <laughs> that, that, that's where <laughs> yeah, I was gonna sure. go. I think, it's I think you just had your aha moment that. here. Oh, there Dean. You There's your aha oh, moment. There you
0: go. <laughs> As, <laughs> okay, as, as long as we don't get ourselves in the trouble that a lot of these for-profit schools have been getting into lately. Oh, you know, let's, well, let's, I, I mean, let's make sure we, we you know, are doing it properly or we're just not out to just get a bunch of money and give oh, worthless degrees out. You know, yes, so. let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that 100%. That's backfired on a lot of, a lot of places lately. So. <laughs> All right, well, hey, before we wrap things up here and first, and also tell the VARs how they can kind of you know get in on you know, mm-hmm. this whole thing. We've been yep. very generalized in this conversation, but we've touched on a lot of the stuff that affects our VARs and the businesses they work with. Sure. So want to tell them, Maybe a little bit about how they can help. I don't want to say capitalize on the labor crisis, but help understand it, understand it, and mm-hmm. help their their customers solutions. you know with solutions for it exactly. For sure. Uh, before we do that, though, we want to, as always, thank our Tech Connect program members mm-hmm. and the podcast sponsors. Of course, Honeywell is one of those program sponsors. We appreciate them supporting uh, our program and our show, and for lending us someone like Kelly to talk to us today about this particular issue. Uh, hey, as always, if you like the show, y- you need to tell us. Mm -hmm. it's not just enough for you to just sit there and go like, yeah, I like these guys. No, no, no. do something with it please it and we're asking for just a couple minutes we of had your a time. recent
1: guy they they emailed us and you know lots of praise which is awesome which is good but yes. a lot of value that he's seeing he, out of it as he well very much as did. a new
0: player in the channel yep. new that was new nice. new the channel his name is Danny yep. uh, you will be hearing from him uh, yep. or hearing more about him in the future because the the topic he threw out of us was a really good one i think that we're going to run and with he at gets some a point. shirt. yes and he, he already did already you know already <laughs> sent, sent the thing get the yep. t-shirt yeah there so all right so bottom line what i'm saying here is yes let us know if you like the show, like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, leave us a comment. If you listen on an audio platform, if there's any way to give a rating or review, please do that. And to Dean's point, yes, if you have ideas for the show, things you want it to hear us talk about, mm-hmm. suggestions for what you think might be a good topic to dive into. If you heard about this this labor crisis episode and thought, hey, I want to go a little bit further, drill into this particular part of that mm-hmm. t- conversation. Tell us and we will be happy to uh, you know to, to dive in, dive in and Absolutely. do some research ask you questions about what you want to hear about but the only way we know that is if you tell us. So every episode if you go to the show notes whether you're on YouTube, podcast or your choice, there is always going to be a link there where you can submit your ideas for the show. So just go click on that link and we will uh, you know, we'll again to Dean's point, we'll send you a t-shirt just for submitting an idea. That's that's all you have to do. <laughs> submit an idea and we will send you a Tech Connect podcast t-shirt just for doing that. There you go. Uh, but also, if you want to stay in touch with us and keep up with what we're doing, you can always find us on Twitter at Pod. You can also email us, techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, let's wrap up, as always, first of all, with the value to the VAR. Yes. It's kind of our way of wrapping up the episode yep. and, and giving a little takeaway for our audience. And again, That's I, right. I, I wanted to give them something that they can maybe do around this whole labor crisis issue. Mm-hmm. So, so let's ask about this. Kelly, when, when pitching solutions that are designed to solve some of these labor issues, how do we ensure that we're still being sensitive to the human element side of things here? And it's not just about replacing, as you mentioned earlier.
2: I think that when you're pitching, you know, some solutions designed to help address the labor issues, really anything about it is, is to help better, make things better for it. it. makes the job easier. It makes the worker excel at whatever they're doing. So it's not to be positioned as something that is a replacement, but more of something that augments the work that they're doing. And it's just going to make it better and help them grow, whether it's in the current role that they're in or when they move through and up through the organization.
1: And we've talked about that a lot, right? Mm -hmm, Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, when you go in with solutions that are, in theory, replacing some of that, it's not that it's replacing, it's augmenting it. I love uh, where she's going with that because, you know, those skills and those people, you can still use them. They have transferable skills. There are other areas within the business that they can have a meaningful, positive impact in, and and that's where the good comes from, right? right? You still, you're still doing that. And look, I think millennials uh, in in Gen Z certainly understand that they have to work with technology, Right, right? right? It's not like the... This, oh, you know this this force that's coming after <laughs> right, them. They understand right. it already, so it's it's it actually encouraged to have that better work environment where yep. I'm interacting with technology. Oh, you got this new thing you're adding? Okay, great, but I can still do this, whatever this right, is, right. as it relates to the work. Right? Yeah,
0: you guys hit the nail on the head. I, I that's exactly what I had written down. Is you know the the idea of replace and you know or not replace but augment, assist, and the other thing too is yeah, just to what you mentioned, like the younger generations they. They're familiar with this technology. They expect this technology. Yep. To me, a great way to pitch this stuff to your customers in supply chain, retail, hospitality, anywhere they're suffering these issues is to tell them, like, look, this is not just about helping out with this current issue, but this is also about getting some of the best workers you can get in the future mm-hmm. who want to work with this kind of technology, who mm-hmm. expect this kind of technology. It's going to be a difference maker when they're out looking for jobs and your company's the one that has all the newest, coolest, best technology in place to help make their work their work better right. more yep. productivity yep. you know all the the, the neat stuff they want to see trust mm-hmm. me that 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 stands out someone mm-hmm. might say you know what I would rather work for you, maybe even a little less money than this other guy who's going to give me a little more money, but has old, outdated, ridiculous processes that I simply cannot keep (laughs) up with. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that can be a bit of a game changer there. For sure. All right. Let's wrap up, as always, with our favorite segment, What's Tech Connecting With You? This is where we get to talk about something in the world of science, tech innovation that has got our attention, caught our eye. We'll let Kelly start here. What's Tech Connecting With You right now?
2: I, I got to admit, and if there's anybody from my prior world when I worked in the food industry, especially chefs, don't be mad, but I am really interested in seeing how the role that robots are going to play in commercial kitchens. Um, I fully believe that chefs are needed and you need people in the kitchen. This, it's such a creative thing that a robot can't do, but just to see how it can offset the labor that's in there, help with managing costs, with food costs and everything. I'm, I'm just really curious. It's like kind of the merging of my worlds of, of career. So the food side and now the robotic side and seeing where things happen. Um, I know that McDonald's right now is using a robotic arm for making French fries and you think about it, it's just somebody that's standing there and dumping fries and it's a very monotonous process. So it's for that purposes. Um, not ready for a robot to bring me my food when I'm sitting there eating out. That still kind of gives me a little creeps because food's slowly coming by in a robot. I do like the ones that are enclosed delivering snacks on college campuses. But I think that that's what I'm most curious, just kind of see where where that goes. All
0: right, Dean, where... what's tech connecting with you right now?
1: Right, so here is my headline here that, that's, that jumped off the page. Hangover, leave. Tops Houseplant Bereavement and Job Perks Uh, Wish List. So I thought this was very timely to the conversation that we were having. (laughs) Uh, uh, Leave it up to, I I think it's true. Well, I found this on Truist uh, where it's just, you know, there was a survey that went out there, I guess, that ranks the kind of unusual job benefits that employees would like to see as employee offers. So when you have things like, you know, Uh, here we go, breakup, leave. Breakups happen, (laughs) right? But 17% (laughs) of respondents, roughly 44 million Americans, would choose breakup leave as a desired job perk. Not good enough? How I about, mean,
0: to be fair, I've had some breakups that, you know, pretty much put me out of commission. Okay, I got a couple you know. more for you here. Social media <laughs> detox day. Roughly okay. 12% of the respondents
1: <laughs> representing 31 million Americans would choose social media detox day as a job perk. I can't believe it. Uh, <laughs> leaving or <laughs> right, leave for heartsick sports fans. So if your team lost well, we, whatever we the big game. We could have used that games, after the Super Bowl this year. We yeah. could have, yes. Yeah. Would you would that have been a job perk for you? All right, just no, take the next day off. That. I mean, whatever. all right. And then I just the last think in general one, we should have the day off after the Super Bowl. The last one that just had me scratching my head, you know, houseplant bereavement day. I, I I think that we've just gone a little bit too far when that's even listed on a survey or even people respond to that. Don't you feel like, you know, yeah, right? like that's if, you, yeah. if you're saying I need I need bereavement because my
0: houseplant died. Look, here's what I think about this. Like, Come on, man. Like Everybody has reasons why they need time off, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Then just call it a PTO bank. Let's just that's give right. people a bank of time off. All right. All right. Mental health time. I don't care what it is. I don't care whether you're sick, whether you just need a day off, yep. whether it's just a beautiful day and you don't feel like working, you want to go golfing that okay, day. Okay. I fair don't enough. care what the reason no, is. I'm good with those. Just take some PTO. Just, just ha- take it Just have PTO. a bank. You don't of need it. to tell us that it's because yeah. your plant died. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't need the reasons. It doesn't matter. I don't think we need to define specific types of days that you're gonna right. take off. We right, just right, need right, to right. tell people like, hey, here's how much PTO time you have for the year. Take it whenever you need it, why everyone. We don't care. Yeah. You know? All right, John. What's All right. Well, kind of sticking along a little bit of our theme here with, you know, uh, robots yes. too. You know, yep. Kelly just mentioned yep. you know, yep. they're, they're what? all right. Well, Amazon has once again scrapped another one of their kind of science projects, I oh, guess. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Um, I know we talked about like some of the self store stuff yes. or whatever mm-hmm. kind of got scrapped. Yep. Uh, well, now they've scrapped one called on Home Delivery Robot Tests. Okay. Uh, so they so uh, Scout Home Delivery it was called Scout was the name ah, of the Scout. program. Yes, yes. I so remember basically, that. Right. this was like these little six-wheeled mm-hmm. vehicles that would roll down the sidewalk and deliver They're canceling it? They're canceling. They're getting rid of um, this program. Man. Um, they're bunch much reallocating all the folks to other things. There's well, still discussions about maybe doing Amazon's reallocating a lot of things right now. They are. Yeah. And, I, and really, honestly, though, when I was reading about this and, like, what it all entailed and as always, I'll have the link in the show notes to our, our tech connecting here. This one in particular kind of stood out to me because, one – it doesn't deliver straight to your door. It's not like the whole drone delivery thing, which they've also oh, more I or less kind it's of see. It's like scrapped. curbside to your curb? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, it's rolling up curbside, so you'd have to leave your house and go out and open up the robot, right. you know, or punch in a code or something to get your item out of the robot. I Plus, gotcha. Plus... For at least during this testing phase yeah. and for who knows how long, someone had to follow along this thing the oh whole time, too. Oh, my Lord. It's like, Burning why don't money. you just put the package in that person's hands and let them bring it to me? Right. Problem solved. I didn't <laughs> need the robot. I just need... <laughs> and they could have walked it to my front door. So it seemed pretty silly anyway. Yeah, it seemed like let's you. just try this for the sake of yeah. trying this. So I don't know. It feels like a step back, but I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, right. I mean, it, you're right. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's yeah. I hate to see innovation get scrapped, you know, right. when an interesting right. idea is obviously yeah. there. Yeah, 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 You know, but at the same time, you're kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know... I don't know that anyone's losing out on anything right now. That's fair. Reallocate that's those fair. jobs and reallocate, reallocate that money somewhere go. else. Your job's back. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> it's reverse automation. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. That's What's Tech Connecting with us. Uh, it is time for us, unfortunately, to unplug. Big thanks to Kelly Wood for joining us on the show today from thanks, Honeywell. Kelly. We appreciate her insight. Yep. And until next time, um, you know, take some time off to breathe the bug you squashed out <laughs> on the sidewalk. <laughs> and don't feel bad about it
1: (laughs) (laughs) because you and 31 million other Americans would take that as a job perk
0: and as always folks please stay connected The Technic Podcast is brought to you by Honeywell all right, Dean, we just talked all about combating labor shortages by yes. equipping existing staff with the right tools to maximize Ooh, productivity. That's
1: tools are important. Well,
0: Honeywell is backing up their expertise with their latest enterprise mobile computer, the CT30XP, mm-hmm. already a winner of the Red Dot Product Design and IF Design Awards. Nice. They're, they're winning awards for this thing. It just came out. Already? Yes. That's, that's pretty impressive. And who doesn't want an award-winning tool? to use at their job. Just like who doesn't like listening to an award-winning podcast? <laughs> yeah, see how I did that there? I love it. Uh, the CT30XP combines the elegant design and usability of a high-end mobile phone without compromising the durability, manageability, or business functionality serious businesses depend on combined with Honeywell's powerful software such as operational intelligence, smart talk unified communications, and smart pay contactless payment, the CT30XP is an ideal platform on which users in retail, healthcare, and delivery can build effective solutions. Pretty, pretty nice. robust. Very there.
1: much so. Yep. Hang
0: on, let's get into some of these specs here. They're ah, even more impressive. Shoot them. 5.5 inch FHD screen. Slim, lightweight, yet durable. It even has a pleasing curved-edged aesthetic that makes mm. it look like an upscale device for customer-facing top-tier retail or hospitality Venues.
1: So it's not like a janky, you know, no, small exactly. screen, little, yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. Look, if I'm going into a high-end store uh-huh. and they pull out some dirty old, scratched up, <laughs> ancient looking technology. With a little screen. Yeah, yeah. I, I might think that, that represents their quality of service oh, yeah, 100%, as well. So yeah. you know. Not with this device. Not with this device. Yeah. No. Wi-Fi six options, Honeywell's Mobility Edge platform, flex range scan engine, enterprise software compatibility. The CT30 XP has a lot to offer your customers. To learn more, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star Honeywell representative narrative